Welcome to Awakened and Alive After 40, a weekly podcast about stepping outside of the box and into a life that is true to who you really are. We're your hosts, Dominique and Carrie, two 40-something-year-old friends and coaches who are on a journey to live the second half of our lives with greater flow and ease. Our passion is to guide and support our clients in becoming their most authentic and aligned selves. We love digging into a variety of topics and sharing some of our insights and perspectives through our coaching lenses. We both spent the first half of our lives trying to fit into a box only to realize we were burnt out and searching for a better way to do life. We are here to remind you that it's never too late to start living your best life. Let's get into today's episode. So Dominique and I After last week's episode, we're talking a lot about artificial intelligence and these bigger concepts that humanity as a whole are starting to deal with. And that led us off on a tangent about what in our world, what in our reality is actually real versus what do we think is real because we've created some kind of false reality or story around it as a human consciousness and because of our global cultural conditioning we see these things as real and important and necessary for our life but honestly if some new species or alien came to earth and we were trying to describe things to this alien the alien wouldn't understand a lot of these things we are trying to describe because they're so intangible compared to things that are quote unquote real. Yeah. And some of the stuff that we're, you know, talking about would be like money, even like marriage contracts or contracts in general. Cause when you think about it back in the day, it was kind of like, here's my daughter for, you know, five cows. <laughs> right. I mean, marriage was very pragmatic. Yeah. Back in the day. Yeah. And, you know, so many other resources, that we've given great importance to, but because it's us defining the importance. And of course, we all need money. We all need these types of resources because that's how the world functions. But when we kind of step back and we have a little bit greater awareness of just how these are kind of controlling our lives in a lot of ways, and the limiting beliefs and stories that we can create around these items, it can really open our minds up to better understanding what is of true importance in life and what is real for us. I had always on my own thought about money in this really pragmatic, concrete way. Of course, money is how we survive at this point. But when you just take a step back and look at actual money, I'm not talking about credit or digital money, which is kind of where we're at now, but cash, when you have cash bills and coins in your hand, it's just paper or metal or whatever the coins are made out of. And we as humans, all humans put value on this money that this equals $1, that this paper that's the exact same size, the exact same shape is worth $5 because there's a five on it instead of a one. And we've all, as a global collective, have bought into this idea that this money has value. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. I know another thing we talked about too was borders, the borders and territory of nations, countries, different titles that people have and hierarchy and even human rights. Human rights. I had never thought of that one until I read the book Sapiens by Yuval Noah Harari, which I think we mentioned him in the last episode too. That book I read a few years ago, and it really opened my mind to this whole idea of real versus not real. He uses much better vocabulary than that to describe this, and I'm not even going to try to discuss it as clearly as he does. But the idea of human rights, we all deeply care about human rights, and we all legitimately find them incredibly important, and they are at the forefront of importance in our society today but he points out it's all made up we all like actually if as an animal if we look at ourselves at the most basic level of just being another animal on this planet we don't actually have any more rights than any other animal but we as a human collective created this idea and we've all bought into it Mm -hmm. So it's not a concrete thing. It only exists because it exists in our collective consciousness. Right. It's the same with time, which time Mm. is another mind-blowing one. Yeah, yeah. And for me, when I think about all these things existing because of human consciousness, it's like, can you imagine? I mean, all the beautiful, amazing, just enriching resources we could create if we put our minds and thoughts together just at a more loving level, not a fear-based level. A lot of, I know since the industrial revolution, it's been very much fear-based as we've created a world because it was out of like a lack of not enough and fear of not having enough or being poor or whatever it may be, very much fear-based when it came to creating resources. But can you imagine what we could create if it came out of more of that place of love and providing support for others, giving for others, instead of just thinking about ourselves and our own well-being, but more of just as a whole? I mean, there's so much potential for us to create a beautiful world with that awareness. Yeah, that's very true. I mean, even if we look throughout history at how far we've come and how much we have creative on the collective level that has benefited so many people, obviously the world is not perfect at all today. Humans have a long way to go, but looking at the progress that has been made, even in terms of technology and art and just globalization, how easily we can arrive to one another now with the technological advancements in transportation. Mm. That's always still sort of a little bit magical flying between time zones. And you're like, this morning I was across the ocean and now I'm in this whole new place. It's amazing. Yeah, I get a kick out of that. When I was younger, I used to love that whole thought process. Absolutely. But I think one of the cool things about just bringing this idea to one's mind is that it really opens up your awareness that we're all sort of living in these cages that we've built on our own conditioning and our own ideas, which tend to be, as you said, based on fear. Mm -hmm. So one by one, you realize 
oh, maybe I don't need to let money be such an important thing in my life. Obviously, we live in a world that runs on money. We can't get out of that unless we're going to go completely off grid and be a survivalist or something. But just having the realization that it's actually not that important can be really freeing. Yeah, absolutely. And I also like to believe that when we're taking ourselves outside of that fear-based thinking and thinking more from a place of love connection that we are automatically setting ourselves up for greater success just by changing that process. Because when we are in fear-based thinking, we're also in survival mode. So our thought process is not as clear as it could be if we were coming from a place of neutrality or or love or potential, we're automatically setting ourselves up for success in a lot of ways. So it's almost like you don't have to worry so much then about the money of it or if it's a title that you're going after or you know taking that next level up in your career it really has so much to do with the beliefs that we are carrying and the meaning that we're giving things as well, because that drives our actions. That's a great point. I think it's also a really helpful exercise to think about, and when I say this, I don't mean pets, but think about animals that are out in nature and what rules or laws they have to abide by it's only rules of nature like they follow the seasons they reproduce they collect their food they build a shelter they do these things to help their survival but borders don't apply to animals when you look at a bird that bird can fly across state borders if it's in the united states you know it can fly to another country there's no border patrol for the birds it can do whatever it wants. When I was living in Spain, I used to just stare at the birds when I found out I couldn't stay and we had to return to the US. And I would just think those birds are much freer than I am. Wow. Yeah. When you put it because those birds can fly and live wherever they want. Obviously, they're guided by their instincts and they don't have this knowledge. They don't even know they're in a country, right? Right. We're so restricted by these ideas that have become such a concrete part of our world in the example of borders, I think it's one of the more clear examples because these borders were created and they don't actually even exist. You're just driving and then suddenly you're in a new state or suddenly you are in a new country and there's nothing there to create a border necessarily. Mm -hmm. But we all agree they exist. Every human on earth has agreed to this story of borders. Yeah. Yeah. And I think one of the most common when we're talking about like what's real, what's not real, something that we can all relate to is kind of the rules we set for ourselves in our own lives. Like when we say, oh, I should do this or I have to do this. And it's something I've thought about so very much recently because I used to tell myself all the time, oh man, okay, I I really should write a newsletter and you know, post this on Instagram. But you know what? I'm just really not feeling like it. And I would just have this battle with myself. I mean, this is obvious, like a real simple thing compared to when we're talking about territory, human rights. But again, most people can relate. And it's like, well, 
who's telling me I have to do this? Like I'm creating rules for myself that aren't necessary. But to me, I felt like, no, I have to. So I think that's one specific area where if we all just took a look at what rules have we created for ourselves that are no longer serving us or never served us at all. And to identify and realize like, hey, this isn't real. Like this is something that I'm making up because I saw somebody else do it or I was told this when I was younger. And then identify like, okay, what is really important to you? What's the truth behind that? Yes. And this is really hitting home for me because I think this is my year of realization about this exact kind of thing you're talking about, where I got really caught up in this idea of micromanaging myself through habit tracking and goals and all these things that were taught are really beneficial. But as thanks to you, I've learned so much more about my own human design. It doesn't feel good for me to be doing this anymore. And it makes sense because of what my human design chart shows. Mm. And learning, instead of doing what my brain and mind thinks I should do, whether it's something I self-imposed or something I saw the crowd doing, listening to my body, listening to my heart, more than my mind when I'm making these decisions about what's best for me, what's real for me in this moment, and what do I know in my body I should be doing in this moment rather than what my mind is making me through guilt think I should be doing. Yeah. And that's one thing that I love so much about human design is that it helps you better understand the way your thinking and the way your current thinking may be limiting you from fully stepping into your truth and who you are. And for you, Carrie, I know we've talked about like that gate 15 is part of the rigidity that you're kind of fighting against at times. And that gate 15 is for greater ease and flow. And I know that brought a lot of comfort to you realizing like, hey, no, I'm not supposed to be consistent. I'm actually supposed to kind of be flowing with what feels good and having an open G center and open identity center too, which is where a lot of that confusion of like, okay, who am I? Like what identity, what truths, you know, am I going with? And a lot of that guilt can come from it. And I have an open G center as well. So it's one of those areas where I feel like if we just have greater awareness of why we think the way we're thinking, why we're creating rules for ourselves that really are pointless in a lot of ways, then that's when we can create change. When we have the awareness, we can then decide what we want to do with it. And trying to identify where did that belief first come from that this is of importance or something I should be doing? Is it something that I truly believe in? Or am I just doing it because it looked cool when I saw someone doing it on Instagram or it seemed like it would be a good idea and it used to serve me five years ago, but it's no longer serving me because I'm in a different season of life. Yeah. Yeah. That's another big one is allowing yourself to have some compassion for yourself and others, knowing that we're dynamic beings and those seasons Mm. of life are creating tremendous change in many of our lives. And just understanding that that is a normal thing and that is absolutely expected for the majority of us. And when it comes to identifying what's real and not real, 
again, taking it back to it's the meanings that we put into these resources or into these experiences that drive everything that we do within our lives. And we'll talk about it till we're blue in the face, but it ultimately, I believe, at least for myself, that it comes down to the fear-based thinking versus love-based and trying the best we can to always be led from a place of love, which is where we're going to create greater connection, not just within ourselves, but within our communities and the consciousness as a whole, creating a better world overall in time, all based from a place of love. Thank you for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed it, please consider sharing it with friends and or family. We'd be incredibly grateful if you rated and reviewed the podcast on your preferred listening platform as it really helps. If you'd like to reach out to us, you can connect with us through our websites or Instagram, which are all linked in the show notes. We'd love to hear from you. Our theme song was written by Michael Ahrens.